You're tuned into Bible Snacks. Not the full meal, just a spiritual snack for on the go. Nothing beats the mountaintop experience, you know? Like, that time we went to Klingman's Dome, which was, was that Tennessee? That was, yeah, Great yeah. Smoky Mountains. Uh, go up on the mountain, and then there's this huge structure that has, like, a spiral walkway to take you as high up as you could possibly get. And then, boom, you're up at the top. You can see for miles. It's, it truly is a mountaintop experience, right? Yeah, it's gorgeous. And nothing compares to that. And we think about the times in our life where we've literally been on the top of a mountain like that. But there's also the times in our life that have been a, uh, a figurative mountaintop experience. Like the time when, you know, you, you get a job offer accepted or you buy a house, um, buy your first car or whatever it is. And it's like everything is going great. Life is perfect. It doesn't get any better than this. That's the mountaintop experience. Yeah. It seems like there's nothing better, right? Yeah. And then there's the valley. But what's wrong with the valley? It's not the mountaintop. <laughs> You're in the valley. Like, I mean, that that's where the trials and tribulations come. It's the mountaintop experience that we're all after. Right. But are you missing the opportunity in the valley? It's harder to see mm. the good in the valley, I think. It's harder Be- to see the good. Yeah, because when you're on the mountaintop, can you can you can see everything, and you're you're from a position of power. <laughs> you're you're above everything. Everything is beneath me, and it's like that's the mountaintop. Like uh, I'm on top of the world, but in the valley, man, you're relying on God in the valley, though. So when you get to the mountaintop, you do feel on top of the world, and while. God can certainly get you to that mountaintop and he gives us those experiences, which are amazing. In the valley, you're totally relying on him because you're in a pretty low state, most likely. Yeah, you're going through something. And you're you're when you look around, you may just see the walls around you, the big boulders, right. uh, the obstacles, um, instead of a glorious view that you get from the mountain. It actually reminds me of the story of David and his men. Um, in First Samuel chapter 30, they had gone out to battle and they had returned home only to find that their town was completely burned, that their wives and their children were taken. In verse 3, it says, So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with, with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. So, man, can you just imagine that? Like, I, seriously, think about how painful that must have been for them. They come home from battle. I'm sure they felt pretty good about that. You yeah. Know, you know, they were warriors. Excited to come home. Yeah, excited to come home only to find out, whoa, everything's gone. Everybody's gone. Yeah. And they wept until they had no more power to weep. Um, the story goes on to tell us that, you know, the men wanted to stone David because they were angry with him. Yeah. And he sought after God to find out, what do I do? And God told him, you're going to pursue these men that, that took your family, that took everything. So he tells his guys, he's like, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're pursuing these guys and we're going to get it all back. So they set out. And then in verse 10, it says, but David pursued he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Basor. 
So here he's got this this big group of men, and 200 of them were too weary, yeah. were too tired to carry on. Uh, I don't think it was just a physical tired. I'm sure that they were really worn down. Oh, well, they lost being hope. in battle. They, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a physical, emotional brokenheartedness. I mean, it was a really low point. Yeah. The worst of the worst. Not just a bad day. I mean, this is... This is horrible, and you're not thinking you're you're, you're ever going to see your family again. I mean, right. if the enemy comes and takes your family away, first you have to find them. Even if you right. find the enemy, are they even alive still? You have no idea. But God told them to go. So yeah. those, you know, they had that that hope, that confidence in in God, but they were still worn down because they were human. Mm-hmm. Um, so they stay behind. Two hundred, four hundred go. They fight, they win everything back, just as God said. You know, they fought the entire next day and they brought home their wives, their children, all of the spoil. Mm-hmm. They walk out of there, they were on their mountaintop. I mean, yeah. good <laughs> victory. Yeah, it was a good experience. They were on their mountaintop. They come back to these guys that are in the valley. Yeah. And they said, Here, take your women and your children and go. You know, you don't you don't need to partake in this anymore because you stay behind and david told them no we're not going to do that because they were too tired to carry on but god provided and Mm -hmm. they are going to participate still in what we have which is amazing grace right and that's where you see david over and over again a picture a type of christ right i think it's really important to note that you know in the valley while you have these negative things and thoughts about the valley valley that are happening, um, it's an opportunity for mm-hmm. for restoration, for peace, um, comfort. It's where God sustains us if you'll allow Him. You have to see the opportunity to say, despite what I'm going through, um, you know, I can lean on God through this, and these are the things that He can provide, just like He did for those men while they stayed behind. Yeah. Um, well, what I hear you saying in that is that the people have a need for God in the valley. And it's not that we don't need God at the mountaintop. It's just I think our shift at the mountaintop becomes more of praise because things are so good. You know, it's I mean, just praise God. And that's good. He, he's worthy of our praise. But we always need him. We need him in the mountaintops. We certainly need him in the valley. And what we can't forget is that in the valley... It's not that God's forgotten about you or that he's angry at you or he's trying to punish you. The purpose of the valley is always for God to bring us to our need for him, mm-hmm. that that we remember he's our sustenance and I need him. Right. The valleys have the brook. They have the water. The valleys yeah. <laughs> have the calm. The valley is the opportunity for us to to turn to Christ and um, it it can be hard because we've said this before, you know, the Christian life is hard, but I can't even imagine living this life and not being a Christian and not having the hope that we have, because even though we have Christ, life is hard. It is, (laughs) you know, and even our friends that we have and family, we know it's people still struggle. You know, becoming a Christian does not mean you will not have any more struggles. Um, and so it's like, what, what do we do with, with things being difficult? And we got to remember, it's the valley that points us to Christ, that reminds us we need him. And when we lose the thirst 
when we lose the hunger, um, that's when our, our focus goes off Christ. Mm. Because then we start looking for other things to fulfill us, to meet our needs, when there's nothing that can meet our need but Christ. Right. I think a, a really beautiful parallel, though, of the valley is we see it as the, the, low, the low point before the mountaintop or even after the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. But in the valley is where there's the water, mm-hmm. the peace, the life. There are There's beauty because the flowers grow there. There's so much more that grows down in the valley. You know, on Klingman's Dome, it was so cold at the top that there was ice and there was snow. Yeah. We didn't see a lot of wildlife. We didn't see flowers. We didn't see, you know, any of the beauty Yeah. that you see. when, Like, when, as soon as we got back down, do you remember the mama bear and the baby cubs right. were crossing the street? Like, there's so much more opportunity to see the beauty that God can bring in the valley that mm. you don't have on the mountaintop. It's, it's a grand experience. Yeah. Um, but the life is in the valley. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, actually, we you know we started watching that show Homestead Rescue, right? And people are out you know in the middle of nowhere trying to survive. Right, yeah. And that one group that we we watched, they got they bought a place on the very top of a mountain, and they were like, "Oh, it's so cool! Uh, no water, <laughs> no water, no way to like for big trucks to get up there to drill them a well. Um, very hard terrain to do a garden." And so it was like, great, you have basically that mountaintop experience where you've decided, I'm going to pitch my tent and live here. It's kind of hard to live at the very top of a mountain. Yeah, that just reminds me that in Romans 8, uh, verse 19, it says, No uh, height nor depth nor any other creature shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So I would just remind our listeners that whether you're on a mountaintop or whether you're deep, deep in the valley or somewhere in between, you're not separated from Christ. In fact, no matter how difficult it is, he's your answer. And he's the one that, that you need. And we have to keep that uh, in mind on a daily basis that my thirst must be for him. As the psalmist writes, my soul thirst for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while I say to me all the day long, where is your God? But these things I remember, and my soul pants for you as a deer pants for flowing streams. Mm. A deer can't pant for flowing streams on the top of a mountain. No, that's true. You know, one final thought that I had was... um, when the the men came back from war, the 400 men, they overlooked the men that were in the valley. Oh, good point. They actually treated them pretty cold. Mm-hmm. And they said, mm, sorry you're there. Sorry you were too weak. Take what's yours and then go on. We don't need you. Like you're and not good enough. Exactly. Wow. So it's really important to be aware yeah. of people in the valley when you're on the mountaintop. And share in that joy and saying, you know, it's okay. Let me walk beside you. Let me help you. Let me share with you. What can I What can I do to help you? Because, yes, I may have just had that mountaintop experience, but all those men crossed over Brook Basore. Yeah. Every single one of them. But the ones who pursued one had forgotten 
what it was like that those 200 men stayed behind, what they were still experiencing, what they were still going through. So just food for thought, you know, be aware of what other people are going through. Um, Amen to that. Yeah, that's a good reminder, everybody out there, that um, you're you're in the valley. God loves you, and you're right where you need to be, which is needing Him. So you know, um, after after the men stayed behind at the brook. David came across this Egyptian guy. You remember what happened with that? Yeah, he uh, he, he gave him a piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. It says, and they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread. And he did eat. And they made him drink water. And then they gave him a cake of figs <laughs> and two clusters of ra- raisins. So, hey, I mean, maybe just a piece of cake will help, too. Yeah, fig cake. <laughs> Okay. Is that appetizing? I'm sure they didn't have strawberry cake. Well, blueberries? They were men. They did the best they could. Figs. Figs for the men. Fig cake. (laughs) With raisins on top. 